0: Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and change maker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. You just heard a great original composition by my son, Asher Schreiber. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. I'm speaking today to Mike Forsyth, owner and founder of Detroit City Distillery. Welcome to Make Meaning, Mike.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. It was so nice to sort of get to know you in the Goldman Sachs program. But I'm really excited to talk with you more today about your business and what brought you to Creating Spirits. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about that journey. How did you end up here?
1: Sure. So uh, Detroit State Distillery, we make craft whiskeys, bourbon and rye, a lot of different gins and vodka uh, in the heart of Eastern Market. Uh, But the journey uh, actually started a long time ago. So the business is owned by eight of my best friends.
0: Eight of your best friends. Yes. How does that happen?
1: Well, so you grow up in a little town called Bath, Michigan, mm-hmm. and basically there's nothing to do.
0: Okay. <laughs> so
1: uh, when we were, you know, 16 or so, uh, the guy who bought us beer left town, right? <laughs> I love it. And, uh, you know, uh, necessity... Uh, you know, initiates invention. So we, uh, basically the internet had just been invented and I was the bad one. So I went online uh, and figured out how to make our own alcohol. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, we our very first batch was white grape juice, yeast, and sugar. Okay. Learned a little bit about fermentation in two weeks. Uh-huh. Right, it's like a chemical reaction that takes place, like CO two. Sure. Uh, heat, and if there's nowhere for it to go, it explodes all of your room. Oh, nice. Yes. I hope so, my
0: kids are not listening to this podcast. at this No. Moment. <laughs> well, you
1: know, my parents always questioned if I was going to turn out all right, and you know, we actually did. So I'd say yes. Yes. So, you know, good job yeah, for the, for the most part. So uh-huh. you know this. In, this inspired this group of kids to, like, start a microbrewery, and we moved the operation outside. We scaled it up. We were slinging booze in Bath High School parking lot, you know, oh my gosh. trying unsuccessfully to get girls. <laughs> um, and so it inspired the smart one out of the group, JP, who's our master distiller, to go to school and learn how to make beer. Okay. So he has a PhD in microbiology. He worked at Bell's Brewery for a long time, um, and... He started teaching uh, brewing and distillation at Michigan State. Oh, wow. And uh, there's actually a huge distillery off campus at Michigan State. They have like one of the leading R&D facilities in the world for spirits.
0: So cool. Who knew? And
1: yeah, so JP was teaching for the guy who started it. And uh, yeah, we went to a bachelor party and sounded like a good idea after a weekend of drinking and uh, (laughs) here we are. Awesome. So
0: you started Detroit City Distillery how long ago?
1: yeah so the business has been open uh about three and a half years, okay. so we started basically renovated old slaughterhouse in Eastern Market. There was nothing there, mm-hmm. no water, no electricity, no heat, or anything and so transformed that into like a full-on cocktail bar with a little tasting room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been open for three and a half years. And then we just scaled up to what we call the whiskey factory. So that's where we mass produce everything. That's in the old Stroh's ice cream nice. uh, facility. And prior to that was the old Goebbels Brewery. Okay. So a lot of history, and that's an uh, important thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about, you know, making meaning. And when you're a new business in Detroit, you know, being able to be a part of that history and kind of honor that Um with your own new take uh, is important, but you kind of always got to respect where you came from in the past. So we're new, but, you know, part of a very long history of making – uh, alcohol in Detroit so that's awesome we, we love that
0: you know I went to visit a really good friend of mine in London um, last November and the first night I got there she and I've known her for 25 years but hadn't seen her in 20 so she was all excited we've been writing letters actual okay. letters all, right, all these years good. um I should actually get her on the show right that's yeah. about making meaning but anyway um she wanted me to meet her friends they thought it was really interesting that we'd been writing letters by hand and mailing them for all these years and so despite jet lag I went with her to this dinner it was a local chef who's been on one of the british you know cooking yeah. shows and um she lives in london and she hosts these dinners at her house and she'll it's like a group of friends you pay to come you know you got the butcher paper on the table sure. she writes the menu on it you bring your own booze and um, so I'm sitting there with all these really cool, very global Londoners. Mm-hmm. Um, and all they wanted to know about was Detroit. Sure, They're course. like, oh, it's, you know, the destination now and it's up and coming. And what's what's going on with entrepreneurship in Detroit? Right. And I'm a big Detroit defender. I've always been really proud of it and that I'm from here. Um, and I think we do have a lot of legacies in entrepreneurship. Um, I come from an entrepreneurial family, but I feel like Detroit is one of those scrappy, you know, salt of the earth. Startup places, right. you know, throughout history, right. and and we weather the changes regardless of what comes our way, right. you know. So, I mean, do you feel like you fit into that storyline?
1: Yeah. So, and that's a fun, fun thing about owning a business in Detroit. So, right there's all the all the history that you get to be a part of. Right. So, I mean, really, back in you know the 20s through 50s, you know, Detroit was the Silicon Valley of its day. Right. Right. And so, you know, Detroit has kind of defined the standard for American craftsmanship. So that really plays into our brand and our philosophy of how we actually make things. So, you know, it's kind of a little known fact, maybe a little dirty secret that, you know, most craft spirits are not actually produced in a craft way, right? Mm -hmm. They're usually bought from a large distillery and repackaged and it's more of a branding exercise which there's nothing wrong with that per se but you know for us kind of embracing the brand as part of our brand right we're Detroit City Distillery mm-hmm. we need to kind of honor that standard of craftsmanship so we're making everything from scratch with michigan grains and you know we're in eastern market where you know farmers have been coming for 150 years yeah. right so we're able to develop relationships with those people you know uh londoners love their gin mhm uh, we work with like a hundred-year-old spice company, Germac, oh, to get yeah. all our botanicals for all our gin.
0: Two blocks from where you're located. Two right. blocks from
1: where we're located, right? It's like our can- our local candy store, except it's for <laughs> gin. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that ability to kind of make things, and then two, you know, if you're if you're in the business of making alcohol, you're really in the business of celebrating things. Yes. Um, and so, you know, when you talk to me a little bit about this, uh, you know, making meaning. It, what's cool about the business is we get to help others celebrate what is meaningful to them. Sure. Right? And so being kind of a venue and a vehicle to do that um, is really fun. So there's kind of multiple layers to it. And uh, yeah, celebrating is always great, especially when it involves good craft spirits in the process.
0: Very cool. So, yeah. I love um, when I was there recently, I loved that you had a pine-infused... You had a pine-infused whiskey. Is that right? Pine-infused? Uh,
1: pine-infused gin. Gin. Yes. And
0: the pine was from your family farm in bath. Yes. So tell me about that. I really love that little detail.
1: Yeah. So uh, it's called Peacemaker Gin. Uh-huh. And we wanted to basically create Michigan in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, 40 acres out in the country. Uh, my dad had a landscape company, so I also come from an entrepreneurial family. Uh-huh. And so we have uh, – all these pine trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we made this gin with white pine, oh wow the state tree. Uh-huh. Right. And blue spruce, juniper, a little bit of coriander, and a little bit of orange peel. Mm, so, and nice. so so yeah, so the new tradition is every Thanksgiving we go up for dinner, we chop down a tree, they're all too big now. Uh huh. So, the top half is my Christmas tree, and the bottom half we just make into the next batch of gin. Oh my gosh, I love so, that. So, um, yeah, so batch three has the bottom half of my Christmas tree in it. <laughs> but it's great. It's, um, it's a really special gin that's super unique, um, to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's a style of gin that nobody's really making. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a, it's a fun little thing to be able, especially with gin, you can experiment a lot. Uh, we just did, uh, very small batch gin as a fundraiser for Green Living Science. Nice. Um, So we raised a little bit of money for that. They do environmental education in Detroit public schools. Excellent. So gin is a lot of fun, yeah. right? It's uh, instant gratification, whereas whiskey you have to wait for a while. <laughs> Got it. Yeah.
0: So tell me what happened between your uh, sort of making booze in the high school parking yes. lot and Detroit City Distillery. So what was your journey in between there?
1: Well, well um, – it was a very, uh, very interesting journey, I guess. I mean, so on a personal level, um, shortly after uh, high school, kind of my early college days, um, I lost someone very important to me and I was mm. kind of a screw up. <laughs> I was kind of having like a really good time, probably uh-huh. too much fun. Uh-huh. So it kind of made me realize a little bit like, you know, not everybody gets the luxury of uh, – making meaning in their everyday life. And so I felt like some ownership over being able to do that for the person I lost. So sure. it kind of got me on the straight and narrow, which was good, because I probably had a lot of potential. I was uh, partying away. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so I actually, I went to school for urban planning. Where'd you go? I went to Michigan State, okay. um, environmental economics for undergrad, and then urban planning for graduate degree. Great. And then after that, um I moved to Seattle and did some consulting and then I moved back to Detroit as part of this Detroit Revitalization Fellowship program. Uh-huh. And I kind of landed my dream job so I was uh, basically in charge of a small business for the city. I worked at Detroit Economic Growth Corporation, which yeah. is like the economic development arm of the city. Yeah. And so, you know, I was there for maybe 7 years or so and had, you know, kind of a incredible dream run really. Mm-hmm. So um, got to help hundreds of entrepreneurs start businesses. We launched a uh, Motor City Match, which is a business competition that gives away half a million dollars in grants every quarter. Wow. Um, along with a lot of other things. And so all these businesses are starting to come to fruition. Um, and it's great. So, you know, I walk around and everybody knows me, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know. I'm not the guy giving away half a million dollars anymore, so maybe I'm not, uh. Maybe, <laughs> not as popular. Maybe not right? as popular, but, um, it's amazing kind of seeing everybody's dream come to fruition and having played a small part in that, so that's been a lot of fun. Sure. Um, and then I basically decided that I needed to work on my own business instead of everybody else's. So I kind of took the leap. Uh-huh. I was telling everybody they should. And I was like, maybe I should like put my money where my mouth is and like right. do this myself. So yeah. So yeah. So I've been full-time entrepreneur, um, uh, you know, free and clear of any distraction really since <laughs> uh, February. And I, I still do a little community development consulting work, um, uh-huh. you know. Making booze is a great thing, but not necessarily changing the world. Sure. Um. So, you know, it's still important for me to be able to get back a little bit. So well, I it still do Well, it sounds like that. you
0: are with the business, partnering yeah. with meaningful nonprofits yeah. and and that kind of thing, which is a great way that entrepreneurs can use their talents and their, their money-making to impact the world Absolutely. as well. Um. So what are some ways that you think um you make meaning? You've mentioned it, you know, a bunch yeah. of times already, but... Yeah. um. I'm always fascinated by that, by how people find their purpose or they yeah. they build connections that, that are really mutually beneficial. Um I mean it sounds like you've done a ton of that in your work and just yeah. personally I think um owning a business with eight friends that you grew up with is so phenomenal. Yeah. We're all, we're all history, still friends. It, that's actually <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: So so yeah, I mean so making meaning, right? So it like I said, I mean there's there's layers to it, right? So You know, we find great meaning in how we actually run the day-to-day business, like actually making it, Mm -hmm. sourcing stuff from local farms. We partner with a local mill, Dexter Mill, that, Mm -hmm. you know, helps us kind of process that raw grain into a flour that we make whiskey, Mm -hmm. walking across the street, you know, to source botanicals from a local company, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing events for nonprofits, all all those sorts of things, you know, playing with it in the history and all those sorts of things are good. You know, I think when it kind of – when you boil it all down, you know, and you think about, well, how do I spend my time every day? Sure. Right? You know, a lot of folks are, you know, going to the job, clocking in, clocking out, collecting a paycheck. You know, for for me, and I've never really been able to think about it any other way. You know, you, you do what you love. Yeah. It's not work. It's just what you do. Sure. Um. And so, you know, personally, it's very gratifying in being able to share that with other people, and you know, that's a fun thing about owning a bar too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's
1: got a story. Yep. Right. Usually, uh, those stories come out after a couple cocktails, and you know, bartenders are like amazing psychologists or uh-huh. amazing uh, thought partners or all those sorts of things. So you know to be able to kind of share that experience with a lot of people in uh you know in a very casual uh way without any pretension or anything like that and you know that's kind of how we run our business because we're all friends we're much more kind of family oriented it's not all about the bottom line necessarily yeah so um so yeah so it's it's a fun thing to be able to you know our little clan of employees, you know, is, is a lot like a family in a way and, sure. you know, helping them, you know, get through school or, you know, helping a regular get through a tough week. Yep. Those sorts of things is, is very meaningful to us. And so we we like to just be real. You know, we're real. We are real. Like yeah. there's nothing yeah. really to it. So just being authentic and Doing what you love every day. You know, yep. that's what it's all about. So. Sounds like
0: there's a book on the horizon, you know, stories from the bar or stories from Detroit. I don't know. We need to work on that.
1: Sure. Sure. <laughs> that could get interesting.
0: Well, you know, we don't have to use names, right? right? You right. know, customer X came right. in and whatever, you know, right. but um, yeah, it's really interesting. When I was in college, I first heard that phrase, do what you love and the money will come. Yeah. And I always go back to that. You know, if ever there's a stressful time where you're like you lose a customer or you're looking to yeah. bring on a new... Um, a new kind of client or something, I try to get back to that because when I'm lost in the work and I'm just in the zone, it yeah. all works out. You know, it's, it's...
1: I keep telling myself that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's, I think, one of the the challenges of entrepreneurship, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, like, small businesses are really just the people right. who work there. And I, I always tell folks that, you know, like, it's just, you know, it's just you. Yes. Like you are the small business. Yes. You know, it's not necessarily what you're selling, it's you selling it. Yep. Um and so, you know, that can be a very stressful thing as you know. Sure. Right. And so I think it's important, you know, and that's that's what the meaning behind it in doing what you love is what keeps you going.
0: Yes.
1: It's certainly not the paycheck most of the time for the vast <laughs> majority of people. Right. Um, you know, it's that customer interaction it's you know giving people a little joy by you know giving them a little piece of what you do right and so so yeah so you know that's the thing that i think kind of keeps small businesses going a lot of times and you know if everybody was doing it for the money i think The vast majority of small business wouldn't exist. They'd fold, you know.
0: It's funny, though. I think everybody thinks that if you own your own business, you're just rolling in the cash. Right. Which couldn't be further from the truth. But what I think we're really rich in is the freedom to choose our time and our people. Yes. And and I do love the work I do. You love the work you do. So even if I'm like trying to pay off bills or get rid of debt or whatever, you know, I can go to my kid's field trip and I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to make up that time. I might be working at midnight, but, you know, to make up for it, but that's my choice. And I think that that's priceless.
1: I, so I could not agree more. And, you know, for me, so, you know, I... I was an entrepreneur within a kind of more corporate, you know, in this case, more kind of like quasi-governmental situation while I was the small business director mm-hmm. um, at the DGC. And so, you know, that was like I could work every second of every day for the next 20 years and not even be close to doing all the things that need to be done right. in Detroit. Right. Um, You know, but when I left, you know, being able to be – you know, wake up every morning and be like, what do I want to do right now Mm -hmm. without having to ask anybody or without having the expectation of having to go in the office? Sure. um, Was like, a you know, life changing, mind altering situation. And so now, you know, I can't even I can I can never go back. I can't even imagine what that would be like. No. And so that is one of the, the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur is you are, in charge of your own time. And, you know, when you think about what is most valuable, money, time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really do think it is time. And so you can choose how to spend every second of your day. I think it's important to balance it, right? Because it's not all just about the business, right? You got to right. have a life too. right? Um, and I think a lot of small business owners kind of get captured in that. And that's always been one of my challenges Right. Because the work is so meaningful and it's what I love. Yep. You know, it's not the only thing I love. So, you know, you you really have to balance it. And I think that's probably a struggle that, you know, pretty much every entrepreneur has to go through. Right. You can't make meaning in other people's life if you can't do it for yourself. For sure. So that's a. There's always work to do and you've got to balance that. Absolutely.
0: It sounds like to me you're selling Detroit. You're selling story. You're selling that family connection, that history. Um, and that's, I mean, cause anybody, they could buy whiskey anywhere. Yes. Yours is probably much better. I'm not a connoisseur, so but I there's can't. There's a lot of good test. stuff out there, yeah. But they're coming to you because you're Detroit, you're, yeah. you're Michigan, you're, you know, that family connection, the, the friendship. And I love the way you represent your business online. The photography is so gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Um, really great marketing. Um, so, but while I could talk to you all day, but we're going to have to wrap up. Yeah. I want to ask you two last questions. Sure. One, um, you said, a person that you admire most is your dad. Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about him and, and how he's been sort of an inspiration for you.
1: Yeah, so uh, my dad supposedly retired this year, <laughs> which is definitely not panning out. But so he started his company, a small landscaping company the year I was born. Uh huh. And so the thought of that, you know, is already just seems uh, – I mean, it seems daunting to me to be, bring a child into the world and start a business at the same time. Right. But, you know, he was able to put myself and my sister through, you know, undergrad, college, and, you know, he's able to raise family. And uh, I always remembered, you know, he owns a landscaping company. We have beautiful 40 acres out in the country, and he had a client come uh, from Japan, uh-huh. and he said – uh you are one of the richest people I've ever met. Wow. And my dad was like, I don't get it. And he's like, well, look at all that you have, right? Nice. And so it was an amazing place to grow up. And, you know, I really learned my work ethic from my dad. You know, he's one of those people that just has to be doing something around the clock or else he, he just can't stop. Sure, so, sure. So, you know, whether that's good or bad, you know, it's definitely both, Um, has kind of always influenced me to just, work harder than everybody else. You know, that's just kind of how we operate our business. And, you know, that's oftentimes required, you know, in an industry like this where it's there's a lot of established brands that have gazillions of dollars and, you know, unlimited marketing budgets and those sorts of things. So to be able to stand out, you just really have to work harder than everybody else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So my last question would be, what advice do you have for people who are on that path of pursuit for meaning. You know, what would you tell them um when they're looking for their purpose?
1: Yeah, so you know, I think just be real and true to yourself. Like there's no reason to try to be something you're not. And I think in Detroit in particular, you know, uh Detroiters are very attuned to when you're real and when you're not being mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And so, you know, for us, we make spirits and, you know, A lot of folks in the industry are not necessarily being real, right? Right, there, it's a branding exercise. They're making up some story about some pre-prohibition recipe. It's not. It's like mass produced somewhere, right? Um, and repackaged, and they're trying to sell an, an authentic story. And I think today, especially, you know, um, you know, we always talk about like millennial. You know, consumers and all that, like they want a true authentic story. Yeah. Like they want, and they want to be a part of it. Sure. So if you, you know, if you believe like you are the small business, um, as the entrepreneur and you're being real and truthful mm-hmm. to yourself, like you'll find customers who align with that and value that. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, is a great way to kind of give yourself confidence and like, Uh, understanding that everything will be okay because people are really kind of buying into you and your story. And so, you know, telling stories and um, being real about it and and finding a way for people to participate in and connect their story to yours, Mm -hmm. that is the most important thing. And I think that's what's been setting us apart is because people want to be part of the resurgence in Detroit. People want to participate. You know, they know when they buy a bottle of whiskey, they're supporting us as a small business. They're supporting some local farmers, people that make corks up in the thumb, all those sorts of things. So, yeah. you know, people can participate um, in kind of the resurgence of Detroit and support multiple small businesses in one because they connect to our story. Right. And they're feeling like they're a part of it too. So I think, That's important to figure out. It is important to people.
0: I I have to say, I mean, the cocktails on your menu are delicious. Thank you. But there's a story to each one. You know, with the ingredients, and I had a hard time deciding. I remember I asked you, "What am I? What am I getting?" Right. You're like, "Oh, this one," and it was fantastic. I don't know which one it was, but but there's such authentic flavor, and it's you know, it's not um, processed. It's just so real, like you said. Right. I find that. People can find their meaning if they go back to who they were before they started caring about what other people thought they were. Yeah. You know, so when you look back to who you were at like five, six, seven, eight, you know, that's the core, that's the purpose. And if you can get back to that, it'll carry you through and, and it's easy. It's not work when you love it. Right, exactly. So.
1: And you don't have to try.
0: Right, exactly. Just be yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome talking to you, yes, thank Mike you. Forsyth, Detroit City Distillery. Check him out. Buy his spirits. But thank you for um, interviewing with me on the Make Meaning Podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. All
1: right.